You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. Dave here with Casey, and we are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an area which we call the Trend Zone. It is Tuesday, February 13th. We're coming at you from Los Angeles, California, and it is a beautiful 63 degrees here and sunny. A little cool, but not bad. Pretty nice day out there, I'll tell you what. In today's episode, we will talk about some Super Bowl viewership that is out of this world. The former DC DC is now the HC in DC, and we'll tell you who the new DC in DC is. We already know who is the favorite to win Super Bowl 59, and we'll give you some important dates for all of the NFL offseason happenings, as well as, of course, recap Super Bowl 58. But before we get to all of that good stuff, Casey, let's get it started with a tasty nug for the people. What you got? Yeah. According to Nielsen and the Adobe, can you say Adobe Analytics, <laughs> the uh, Chiefs' overtime victory over the Niners in Super Bowl 58 averaged 123.7 million viewers Damn. across TV and streaming platforms, shattering Shadoobi, the 115.1 million Kansas City victory over Philadelphia last year, Dave. Wow. Very and the game televised CBS Nickelodeon Univision streamed on Paramount Plus plus NFL digital platforms over 200 million. Okay, that's a 10 percent jump over 183 last year, dude. And believe it or not, 20 percent of Super Bowl viewers rooting for the Chiefs because of. Taylor Swift. So yeah, I'm sure that that, that I was going to say that's got to explain the bump in viewers, right? Yeah, it had the nothing to do. Additional Swifties who tuned in. Yeah, with the actual game and Dave, the playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. They averaged 38 and a half million viewers during the first three weekends. That's up almost 10 percent from last year. So NFL to the moon, Dave. Yeah. Speaking of the moon, yeah. That's right. Besides the moon landing, Casey, itself, nine out of the ten of the most watched telecasts of all time are Super Bowls. So there you have it. Just wait, of course, Casey. Yeah. Tell me. Until the Cowboys play the Chargers. It's Super Bowl 59. Oh, yeah. We're going to shatter it. When we invite the Swifties along. Uh, Yeah. They're welcome, Dave. Everybody's welcome. Football dudes, welcome everybody in. It's beautiful, man. (laughs) Casey, big money. Big money. Changing hands, not just at my house for the big old Super Bowl party over here. We're talking real money. Yeah, more than 185.6 million was bet on Super Bowl 58. Um, wow. That also eclipsed the previous high by nearly 6 million that came in last year, Dave. All these new uh, gaming books, ESPN bet, all of this stuff. Swifties, helping Casey, with that. a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Betting with those betting. Travis Kelsey prop bets. <laughs> That's right. And what color was the Gatorade? Purple. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> I had that one, of course. Yeah. All right, Casey. What about the Super Bowl commercials? Everybody knows they are uh, quite a bit of money 
Uh, did they were they worth the investment for them? Which one stood out to you? Well, stood out in a bad way was Jesus washing everybody's feet. I don't know what the hell that was to start <laughs> out. It's like, what? Come on now. Freaking me out a little bit, but I have to say my favorite was the Dunkin' Donuts with uh, Ben Affleck and company, J-Lo, Matt Damon, Tuami, um, pretty dope. And they made those jumpsuits, turned around and sold out all of them. So an initial and immediate ROI on that seven milli. So um, some winners, some losers, Dunkin'. <laughs> Dunking on the Jesus feet commercial for the win. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one, Casey. Yeah, I agree. Um, nothing really stood out to me, Casey, except that halftime show. I'll tell you, I was glued. Oh, yeah, Dave is a big Usher fan. Loves big, Usher. Big Usher fan. All right, Casey. Trend Zone, the show you are listening to now, available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcast. Casey, we're going to move it into the top trending stories here. The coaching carousel has been chaotic, to say the least. It's been spinning around hectically, but it's slowing and slowing and finally seemingly coming to a stop here with the Dallas Cowboys, Casey. What do you got for us? I like Mike. What about you, Case? I like Mike, too, baby. Uh, Old faces in old places. Mike Zimmer coming back to the Cowboys as a spry 67, mind you. He's been on the Cowboys staff before, kind of worked his way up from 94 to 2006, started as a defensive assistant, then a D-backs coach. And he was the D-backs coach in the last season when the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. So we're getting the band back together, was under Dave Campo and Bill Parcells before he got out there and had a pretty successful run, especially with the Vikes. He is a no-nonsense dude. You'll never see him wearing his hat backwards like, DQ did, who was kind of your buddy, who's your uncle. Yeah, he's more um, like a grumpy old man, get off my lawn kind of guy. But he knows how to coach, like you said. Yep. Really a successful duration uh, of time down there in Minnesota. Um, and a dude uh, knows what he's doing on the defensive side of the football. So this is pretty exciting, I think. Yeah, you know, bringing a, a rough edge to the Cowboys, something that's been missing. You know, nobody ever accuses the Cowboys of being a tough team, whether that's real or just perception, but perception is reality until you get something done about it. So um, I think it's a great fit. Big Mike's only got one year left on the contract. So I don't know if this is where you jump in and grab one of these new young coordinators. We let some talent get away, but I like Zim seems to be, uh, you know, going well with the cowboy voices there. So uh, it's exciting. Let's see what happens. And, you know, can we just stop the run? That'd be a great place to start. Yeah, no question. And, you know, like you said, getting the band back together. Also, you know, McCarthy's last stand here. Might as well bring somebody in that really works for the organization. And if it doesn't work, um, then you hit, hit the eject button at the end of the season. And, and it's, it's it's an overall reset. Why would you do that, Dave? We're in Super Bowl 59 against oh, yeah, your Chargers. That's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a repeat. <laughs> bring everybody back. <laughs> Speaking of the Super Bowl, Casey, the odds are – trickling out for next year's Super Bowl. Favorites have emerged. Just imagine these these teams are who puts these teams at the top. Oh well, I mean Vegas does. That's it. Yeah, you know, the disrespect just won't stop for the Chiefs. They're already underdogs because yeah. the Niners are the favorites to win coming in at plus five hundred. Chiefs right behind at plus seven fifty, followed by the Ravens, the Bills, the Lions, my Dallas Cowboys at seventh followed by the Eagles, the Dolphins, and the Packers. 
Yeah, how about my Chargers at 12th at plus 2,500? Pretty good payday there. But thanks a lot, Vegas, for putting a chip on Kansas City's shoulder again. Set them up. Oh, everybody's rooting. Nobody Nobody believes in them, Dave. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Break. Oh, geez. All right. Count them out. Yeah, they have no chance. They'll just be in their seventh straight uh, AFC championship game and winning the division nine years in a row, or the hell it is. Uh, Okay. Good thing it's the offseason, Casey. We've got time to breathe. And obviously, the offseason calendar for the NFL keeps us actually looking forward to that next big event. And that next big event is free agency. When does free agency start? What do we need to know, Casey? Dave, there's no more hibernating in the offseason. This thing is going constantly. March 5th is the uh, franchise and transition tender deadline. And then uh, March 11th through the 13th is the tampering period. And then um, on March 13th, the NFL league year begins. Free agent signing period begins. Trading opens up. And then just a couple weeks later, the 24th to the 27th of March are the NFL annual meetings. Dude, free agency right around the corner, bro. We're just a little, we're a month away, actually, today. Boom, come on. Yeah, not, not, not bad at all. How about April 1st? New head coaches can begin their offseason programs. Eight new head coaches out there this year. So actual football practice on April Fool's Day. It's no joke. Two weeks later, on April 15th, all the returning head coaches will be back at it. And then uh, the draft, April 25th through 27th, live from Detroit, Michigan, where everything's happening nowadays. Oh, yeah, that is going to be sweet. And we got the Combine finishing up this month strong. And then day, May 2nd, fifth-year option deadline. So some clubs are going to have to make choices, but there's a lot of tasty Tasty free agents out there, Dave. Just a couple defenders out here. Nick Bosa, who you just saw in this Super Bowl. Chris Jones, who you just saw in this Super Bowl. Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle for the Dolphins. Brian Burns, excellent for the Carolina Panthers. Josh Allen of the Jags, the defender. And Chase Young, who you also saw in the Super Bowl. About some offensive players. Yeah, offensive dudes. How about a handful of quarterbacks in Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill? Some serviceable veteran dudes there. At the wide wide receiver position, some other serviceable veterans with Mike Evans and Odell Beckham Jr. And then still an ascending player in T. Higgins uh, for Mm -hmm. the Bengals. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep him in the fold there. Uh, And also, Casey, a handful of running backs are going to be crowding the market, dude. Saquon. Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, bro, three of the top of the game are all going to be out there. And these cats all got franchised this year. So it'll be interesting to see if these clubs are going to pony up or let these dudes walk. Yeah. Eckler for the Chargers. Not that, you know, I mean, he's coming off not a great season, but Mm -hmm. the two prior to that fantastic seasons still has to have something left in the tank. Eckler's a free agent as well as Josh Kelly, the other Chargers back. So. Henry, the king. Oh, I mean, my goodness. It is outrageous how many of these guys uh, are going to be out there uh, and competing against each other. In particular, the running back position is saturated and the numbers are going to be a little tough for those running backs to swallow. Casey, one other thing I want to throw out there. UFL football, baby. It's the XFL versus the USFL. I believe it starts in... Nine, uh, seven weeks, maybe something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. March 30th or something. Yeah, something like that. So look uh, look for that on your calendars, folks. You don't want to miss 
the the kickoff of the UFL, the all new dominant preeminent spring league. And you know, the dudes will have you locked on all that stuff as well as free agency. So there's never time to leave the show. Like, and subscribe right now to the trend zone and you will get all of that sweet, sweet coverage. <laughs> okay. So let's uh, get to that sweet, sweet coverage coverage of Super Bowl 58, the game won by the chiefs, 25 to 22 in overtime. Uh, one of the best Super Bowls we've seen, especially as it got closer and closer yeah. to the end uh, and more and more tense and then into overtime. Uh, what a great game. Started off, felt like the Niners had a good thing going there early. Yeah, they're driving right down the field and they get uh, Chiefs territory and Christian McCaffrey fumbles the ball i don't remember the last time i saw him fumble and we ended up getting out of the first quarter scoreless it wasn't until we got a 55 yard moody field goal super bowl record put the the niners up three nothing not a lot coming out of casey and then a huge play to mccall hardman you got a first and goal for the chiefs dave they're gonna punch this thing right in yeah, and speaking of a guy that you don't see fumble that often, Pacheco runs like a maniac, fumbles that ball inside the 10, at, and you know fizzles out their best opportunity to put points in the board. They could have taken the lead right then, but they yeah. unable to do so. And then uh, San Francisco, a couple punts back and forth. They come down the field. Shanny's in his bag early. Jawan Jennings, the double pass, Christian McCaffrey, 74, the lineman for the Niners gets a huge block oh, yeah. on Bolton, springs that thing open. It's a touchdown. David's 10 to 3. The Chiefs, I mean, 10 nothing. Chiefs finally get it going at a field goal right before the half. It's 10 to 3. But this thing should have been a blowout by that. Right. We, 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 felt, we felt like, man, they have really lost an opportunity the Niners had yeah. to really get a larger lead than seven points. And it was awesome to see, like you said, Shani into his bag of tricks there because we knew both of these coaches were going to come up with something or another here or there along the way. Uh, and this was the first one that really came out to us as like, hey, that that's a cool play, man. Uh, and it worked to a to a T, like you said, nice execution there with the blocking that yeah. let McCaffrey get loose there. But to, it, I mean, in a lot of ways, it felt like, OK, they're dominating, you know, and they're they're, you know. Holding the Chiefs to just three. It's 10 to three, though. Yeah. Just the second half. Second half got going. What happened? The Chiefs? Chiefs coming out. They got the ball first. We're like, okay, this is when they tie it up wrong. Patrick Mahomes with his first interception of the postseason. Brown picks him off at the Kansas City 44. But, Dave, as has been the story all year, that Kansas City defense came up big, came up even bigger after that interception yeah and all day I mean, long in the right Super Bowl. there they're at the 44 you're thinking okay this is where a touchdown or even a field goal really can give them some breathing space there but a touchdown would have been ooh, that really pushes that lead instead they end up having to punt both teams punt back and forth a little bit um and and then butker nails a field goal next thing you know here we are it's 10 to 6 Kansas City is still not able to get a, the ball into the end zone. You know, San Francisco defense has been playing great. Kansas City defense has been playing great. Yeah. Kansas City had to get a break, and they finally did. <sighs> oh, the break came in a special teams mistake 
the fumbled punt. The ball hits uh, special teamer blocking, hits him in the foot, looter, and uh, Ray Ray McLeod, you know, he's screaming, get away, whatever it is, fire, poison, um, and uh, it just didn't work. And next thing you know, he's he, he sees it hit his dude, so he's got to fall on it. Yeah. And he's unable to – look like he was trying to scoop it. I don't know. Dive possession is 100% the most important thing at that point. Um, and he was unable to get the possession. Kansas City with the ball on the San Francisco 16-yard line in business, baby. Yeah, very next play, MVS with the touchdown. And what a turnaround for this guy in the postseason. Had some huge drops in the regular season, but made huge plays against Miami, huge plays against the Bills, huge plays against the Ravens, and then gets Kansas City's first touchdown of the Super Bowl. And they should have been dominated, but here we are, third quarter almost over, and Kansas City is up 13-10. MVS in the NFL in the SB. Fourth quarter, Casey, I'll tell you. It was a shocker at that point. It felt like a gut punch that the Chiefs had the lead and were just rounding our way into the fourth quarter there. Um, but it was uh, a, a nice response. San Francisco uh, gets drives down there, gets the ball down at the 10. Purdy hits Jennings. Touchdown, nice effort uh, on Jennings' part. Now he's got the pass that he threw in on the trick play and the reception. He's on his way to a potential Super Bowl MVP. Oh, guess what? Everybody's celebrating. Extra point, no good. This thing was blocked, but it looked like it didn't even have a chance anyways. I mean, it was a knuckler that was just sort of like right, you know, it found the defensive guy's hand, you know. And unfortunately, instead of a four-point lead for the Niners there, they're up only by three, 16-13. to 13 with just a little over 11 minutes left in the game. Yeah, dude. And then Kansas City comes down, gets that thing tied with a Butker field goal. Both the kickers, besides the missed extra point, were awesome in this. Both blasting for 50, setting two Super Bowl records for the longest field goals. Then the Niners come back down. They get a field goal to go up. 19-16, minute 53 left. This thing is over. Not so fast. (laughs) That's plenty of time. All we need is yeah. 13 seconds. Yeah, of course. They they get themselves in position. Bucker nails another long field goal. And we are looking at a 19 to 19 game. We are looking at overtime. Casey, at this point, obviously it's anybody's game, but dang it, you just knew Patrick Mahomes yeah. and the Chiefs had an edge, really? didn't they? We knew, yeah. Shockingly, Shani decides to take the ball first. Yeah. San Francisco driving down we'll talk about this in a minute the second of a huge third and four that the chiefs got to stop on chris jones we talked about him leading up you knew he had at least one disruptive play was going to change the game it came on a huge third down and then you know there's some second guessing of course whenever the game goes that way san fran decided to kick a field goal right there instead of going for it on fourth and four um they get the field goal and you knew it was over from that point yeah. on. We all knew. That was the know. good news. Yeah. <laughs> the bad news was, was the game was not over. Um, and that Mahomes and company were going to do. And you do know what it comes down to just when it when the Chiefs need to have it, Mahomes finds a way to get it. And there was a fourth and one on that, that final drive there. Down by three. They know they've got a, a three to win it. And if they can't get it, they have to go for it on fourth no matter what. Yeah. And if they get into field goal range now, it's just the gravy. How, how can you win it, right? And converts a fourth and fourth and one Mahomes with his feet. Then a couple of plays later, 
It's an 18-yard scramble. And next thing you know, they're not only in field goal range, they're at the 13-yard line, dude. Yeah, and we were look, we were three seconds away from the second overtime. But <laughs> Mahomes said, you know what? I have to get to Disneyland tomorrow. So I'm going to go ahead and hit McCole Hardman for the game winner. 25-22, the Chiefs win in overtime. And these guys, man, when you got to get the money, they go and they get the money. Yeah, impressive. And that dude. last call, the the play to McCall uh, Hardman there, really a well designed play. It's one of those down by the goal line. We think we can score on this play like ninety percent of the time. Plays for Andy Reid. They send him in motion to the left, snap it, and he cuts back the other way. Mm-hmm. Just as the DB takes his eyes off of him, kind of refocuses on his new dude who he's picking up, and it just frees up Hardman for an easy score in the flat. Um, yeah. And uh yeah. You could Good see Kelsey. Kelsey knew that it was a touchdown because he did nothing. He knew when that defender stuck with him that yeah. he didn't even look it was over. Yeah. yeah. And I talked about those two huge third downs, dude. Fourth quarter, San Francisco, third and four. The Chiefs get the stop. They forced a field goal. Um, that makes the game 19-16 instead of adding a touchdown right there. They get the stop. And then in overtime, I mentioned it. San Francisco, third and goal from the four. Kansas City gets another stop, forcing the field goal. And those two huge plays and the, you know, the fumbled punt, those two stops, I think, were the biggest plays in the game for me. And that Chiefs defense, they rebuilt that thing, dude, this last couple of years. It's so impressive. It's the youngest defense in the league, I believe, at this point right now. Yeah. And McDuffie's one of the best DBs in the league. We saw him lock down Debo. Karloftis getting after it. Bolton, all these young guys are making play after play for this defense. And Spags, dude, had it dialed up, man. What a Yeah, we know one thing. If you're playing the Chiefs and you're settling for field goals or whatever you want to call it, they're holding you to field goals. That's not going to bode well in the long, in the long <laughs> no, run. You need that's seven, a loss. not threes. That's that's how that spells a loss in the Super Bowl for this Niners team. Not converting, not capitalizing on all of those opportunities when they had advantages. They needed to find a way to put those points on the board, whether it was settling for threes like that or just really like we talked about early, dominating the early portion of the game. And there they are at zero to zero. They've got all of the stats filled up except for Mm -hmm. one of them. And it's the points. Yeah. And, you know, they needed to run the football more. The little production they got in the second half was when they had more running plays. Their second half possessions after the interception, three pass plays and a punt. Next possession, three pass plays and a punt. Next possession, one run, two passes, punt. Next possession, five runs. They score a touchdown. Next possession, three runs, they get a field goal. And then overtime, five runs, and they got a field goal. So when they kept running, they at least got points out of those possessions. When they got pass happy, it resulted in punts. Kansas City's final three scoring drives, 12 plays, 69 yards for the field goal. 11 plays, 64 yards for a field goal, including four or five on third down. And then in overtime, 13 plays. 75 yards and a touchdown for those chiefs dude well and also on the defensive side you have to give again credit to spags and what he did adjustment wise because Mm -hmm. early on in the game those runs were for five yards six yards whatever they were popping big runs in the first quarter 
that kind of went away a little bit in the second quarter. And then, like you said, there were, they just went away from the run, but part of it was because the chiefs were forcing them away from the run by not giving up many yards through on the ground. And so it became more of of a challenge it's great. the, The idea of running the football is awesome when you're actually gaining yards and you're getting yourself into second and three and second and four and third and one. But when you're getting one yard on that first carry, now you're setting yourself up for a third and long and the chiefs were, um, you know, that's where they thrive defensively, you know? So um, just a great job defensively by Spagnola and getting those guys to make those adjustments uh, from the beginning of the game as the game unfolded. Uh, taking away what the 49ers were able to do early. Yeah, and they had it, the Niners had a huge time of possession advantage early on, like 15 yeah. minutes or something. That almost that entirely out. went away. Yeah, it got pretty even there. And dude, the Chiefs, man, they in their three Super Bowl wins, they've been down by double digits. In the fourth quarter in overtime, they're a plus 30 in those Super Bowls. <laughs> they scored on nine of nine drives in the fourth quarter and overtime in those three Super Bowl wins including scoring on their final four drives of Super Bowl 58 to tie the game, to tie the game, and then to take the lead in overtime, man. Um, wow. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's what we, you know, we said it in the last week's preview game. You, If you're going to beat the Chiefs, you have to be several scores in front of them yeah. late. You know, you have to, you have to beat them in the entire game until the clock hits zero. Uh, and then obviously into overtime, as we see in this one here, it was almost second overtime we're approaching there. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs get better as the game goes on, uh, especially when the chips are, you know, when everything really, really counts. That's when Mahomes just makes things happen. You know, and that's when his legs come together. I mean, several important runs in that second drive. In fact, I think uh, Mahomes was the leading he rusher was, yeah. for the Chiefs. Um, they really didn't have a lot on the ground going. No. He selectively ran um, and picked up some first downs there. And it, on that last drive, it was a backbreaker. I thought, you know, when he busted, we're at the, like the 32. Next thing you know, they're at the 13. Now it's not just a field goal. It's yeah. it's you're 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 panicking on the defense for the Niners. And then everybody's second guessing Shanahan's decision to. Um, Take the ball first. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But the thing that I took out of this is the Niner players you heard didn't know what the situation was. The mm-hmm. Chiefs players that you heard from said, we have been running this scenario for the last two weeks. It had been yeah. the other situation. They were going to go for two instead of trying to tie it up. So they had a plan in place. Maybe the Niners did, and the the, the team wasn't privy to it. But um, it looks like Big Red and that coaching staff had a, yet another advantage over um, Shanahan's crew. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. If it's tied after both teams have possession, then the Niners would have had the advantage at that mm-hmm. point, knowing that all they need to do is score anything at all and win the game. But as it turned out, they didn't know that they had to go for it on third or fourth and four. Yeah, They were pretty close to the end zone. They settled for three, the Niners did on their first drive, because they didn't know they had to go for right. for a touchdown. Had they been second, they would have known they had to go for a touchdown there. And of course, then you're you're not going to kick a field goal. So uh, going second was very advantageous as it turned out for the Chiefs. Yeah. And I think more times than not, 
that's the position you want to be and you want to Absolutely. know whether or not you have to go for it on every fourth down. And the Chiefs did go for it on fourth down yeah. on that final game-winning drive. So, um, and to Shanahan's defense, besides the muffed punt where they took over inside the 20, that's the only touchdown the Chiefs offense has scored. The Niners had held them to just field goals and long field goals, you know, and mm-hmm. come up with the big Pacheco fumble. So they had been playing solid. So I, I understand yeah. the thought process there. It just didn't work out, and as we know, if there's one possession left, you better be up by nine or more points on the Chiefs. And, dude, one other bummer for these Niners, Dre Greenlaw, losing him with the Achilles, not even play-related. That guy was all over the field early on, and now he's going to miss all next year. It's so brutal. Yeah, I mean, I guess the medicine these days is better than it's ever been, but in all likelihood, he's – I mean, he'll be lucky to get on the field in the regular season next year. That's just an absolute shame. Yeah, there was lots of medicine going around at the football dude Super Bowl party. <laughs> sure. Hello. All right, folks. That's going to do it. So many ways you can check out the Football Dudes. Trend Zone available on subscription, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. And follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Yep, or just go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave, and we are out of here.